So good evening, everybody. So you may be wondering about uh, the refuge field. Uh, the Buddha and all the bodhisattvas and arhats and holy beings. Being the Buddha manifests in whatever form is best to communicate with any particular sentient being. So the Buddha can manifest as bears or bugs or all sorts of different things. Yeah. When you read the Jataka tales, which are part of the canon, yeah, then in many of the Buddha's previous lives, when he was a bodhisattva, he appeared in the form of different animals. And so many of the Jataka tales tell those stories. Yeah. Okay. So we're human beings. We're going to visualize the merit field as human beings. And we're facing the Buddha, leading the human beings and the bears and the bugs and everybody else to take refuge. So rejoicing is a very important part of our spiritual practice. To rejoice not only in our own merit, but in the merit of all the other sentient beings and of all the merit of the Buddhas as well. Rejoicing is an antidote to jealousy and it also creates incredible karma sometimes even stronger karma than the people who did the initial virtuous action. And joy, rejoicing also makes us happy. We see the goodness in the world. We see the goodness in other sentient beings. And when we see goodness, our minds are happy. And then we also want to act in a virtuous way. So rejoice at all the bodhisattvas, Buddhas who have generated bodhicitta, that incredible mind. and how they've really become the refuge of the world because of their wisdom and compassion. And by rejoicing in their bodhicitta and their wisdom, then may we be inspired to cultivate those same realizations ourselves. And to do that, we need to listen to teachings. And so we're here this evening.
Okay, so there was a question, or rather a comment, that I think is quite uh, a good one that we'll address first to start out with. It says, I'm having a hard time believing that an entire country is being destroyed because of karma. So there is a misunderstanding here. Uh, An entire country is not being destroyed because of karma. The the war in, in Ukraine is occurring because of afflictions. Okay? Not because of karma. It's occurring due to what is going on in the minds of people right now. Yeah, what their motivation is. If you say it's due to karma, that sounds like it's faded and predestined and nothing you can do about it. And that is not the Buddhist view. Okay? It is the motivations in people's minds. And so you can look at, you know, depends on what you've been reading, what Putin's motivations have been and what the motivations have been of his... Um, you know, his advisors and the motivations of the Russian young men who have gone to fight. And now there are Syrians and Georgians who are coming to fight on the Russian side too. Um, and also the motivation on the side of the Ukrainians. Yeah. So the motivations, the intentions are happening now in this life. So, you know, if somebody is wants power, if somebody's craving power, craving wealth, yeah, craving control, <coughs> then those mental states, yeah, and you can see we went through studying about craving before. All these different kinds of craving, what people want, yeah is the motivation, at least from the top, we assume, for sending arms and soldiers into Ukraine. Yeah, it didn't happen by accident. It's people's minds made that decision. Yeah, we want to take over that country or, you know, whatever their goal was initially. You know, and then when they can't just march in and say, give it to me, I want it, then they get angry. Yeah. And they, the craving is even stronger to have it. And their, their reputation is at straight, at stake. So that makes a, a really strong craving because they don't want to lose face and show that the military isn't so good or, uh, you know, their soldiers aren't so good. So they get very angry, they get frustrated, yeah. And uh, because of the strength of the craving, they will do anything to get what they want. And that includes bombing residences, bombing hospitals, school go- schools, yeah, stopping the Red Cross from going in and evacuating people. Yeah. So this is a really good lesson in 
the power of afflictions and what afflictions can do to us, you know. And here you see it on an international level. Many people, you know, Putin and his colleagues or cronies, whatever you want to call them, you know, having a very strong motivation and then having the power to get other, call other people in to fight the war for them. So they're safe physically, although they're tormented mentally and they're terribly afraid because their whole reputation is at stake. Yeah. But it's what's going on in people's minds now that is making the war happen. Because if they didn't have those thoughts, the war wouldn't happen, would it? Yeah. If Putin was sitting and meditating on the four immeasurables and all of his generals were meditating on equanimity, where would be the motivation to invade the country? And without a motivation, there's not going to be a war. There's not going to be an evasion. An, an invasion. So you see, it's the afflictions in people's minds in this life now that are the cause of it. Yeah. Now, where karma comes in is why are certain people born in Russia? Why are certain people born in Ukraine or now in Syria and Georgia? Yeah, in the U.S., in all these different countries. Yeah, why did why were certain sentient beings attracted to human bodies in these countries? Why did they take rebirth as human beings in these countries? That is where karma comes in. Okay, because karma, the you know the first ripe uh, result of karma is the maturation or ripening result. And that is the result of the five aggregates, the, the body-mind that you're born into, the realm you're born into, okay? So Putin had some good karma to be reborn as a human being, yeah? So did all the other human beings in this whole Seen, yeah, they had some good karma from keeping ethical conduct, so they were born as human beings. Now that does not mean that they're going; they have to fight a war. Okay, yeah, it's because of the afflictions in their mind this lifetime that are motivating the war to occur. Yeah, why are we not born in uh, in Russia? Yeah, why aren't we one of the the young Russian men being conscripted into the army? Why are we born, you know, wherever we were born, we have an international group here, and why are we all in the U.S. right now? That's because, uh, the, you know, why we're born as humans? Because of virtuous karma, The ripe, this is the ripening uh, result. And then we have... Uh, other cause, the cooperative karma that ripens as, you know, what nationality we are, where we happen to live, and so on. Okay? So is that clear to people? 
Yeah, because there's really a tendency sometimes people to say, oh, it's karma, it's karma, it's karma. And His Holiness, when we were working on the, the book and talking about karma, he said, oh, when people say, oh, it's karma, what they're really saying is, I don't know. I don't know the reason for this, so I just say it's karma. <laughs> yeah, but not everything is caused by karma. Earthquakes are not caused by karma. They're caused by the physical laws and the, you know, and the, what are earthquakes, what are earthquakes caused for? Well, there's physics involved, isn't it? Yeah, Phys- physics laws or something. Who knows about earthquakes? Yeah, ge- I mean, we, yeah, we don't have a geologist here. But anyway, okay, calling geologists, come and ordain. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. But what I'm saying is that has to do with a causal system that is a physical causal system. Karma does not make the, the two plates move. Okay, karma doesn't make the volcano explode. It's the compacted heat and energy inside the earth with a crack where it can all come out. That is why the volcano explodes. Okay, why is there a tsunami? You know, there's physics comes in, I think, you know. This rattles and then the waves go and, yeah, oh. Yeah, and I won't even try and, and say what kind of waves they are, uh, you know, but some kind of waves. And and the water moves and it crashes down. But those are all physical causal systems. Karma is its own causal system, okay? We have biological causal systems, chemical ones, physical ones, okay, psychological ones, and karmic ones, okay? So they come in, you know, as cooperative conditions uh, for, for at least the war, but it's the mental factors and the people who are fighting who are behind it. You know, I mean, some of, we hear tales, I don't know how true it is, but there's a lot of news that reports uh, that some of the Russian soldiers are putting down their arms and leaving, they refuse to fight, okay? So, you know, that's their individual motivation. And, uh, you know, they're creating karma by that. Putin and his cronies are creating karma. But the reason they're doing what they're doing is afflictions, okay? And so why we're not born as Russians or Ukrainians, that has to do with our previous life karma. But you see that there's uh, some young Americans who want to go fight in Ukraine. You know, uh, they don't have Ukrainian ancestry, but they, you know, feel like this is a war that is much uh, more worthwhile than Iraq or Afghanistan. And they want to use their skills. And so they're flying to Poland and crossing the border into Ukraine and fighting with the Ukrainians. They're doing that because of their motivation. Okay? Clear?
So we can't just say, oh, the, you know, it's everything's because of karma. Nah. Okay. And we have to remember that it's afflictions that create the karma. It's not karma that creates the afflictions. It's afflictions, you know, and virtuous mental states. Yeah, there can be virtuous mental states too that are creating the the uh, the karma. Okay, so in you know, it, it's not that the country is being destroyed because of karma; it's being destroyed because of ignorance, anger, and attachment. Yeah, that's what the whole thing boils down to. And we have ignorance, anger, and attachment in our own minds. So seeing what those mental factors can do and how harmful they can be to the world, to ourself, to our future lives, you look outside and you say, you know, this is a long rim teaching on what happens when there is an uncontrolled mind. And ignorance, anger, and attachment control, you know, take over and control the mind. This is what it looks like. And this is what my own ignorance, anger, and attachment can do if I were put in a certain situation. Yeah. So I don't want to be like that. What's going to keep me from being like that? Yeah. First of all, you learn the antidotes to ignorance, anger, and attachment. The immediate antidotes from thought training, the law, the actual antidote, which is the realization of emptiness. And we also take precepts because when we take precepts and we have a real strong determination not to do something, then even we're in a situation where we're tempted to do it or even, let's say, you were born uh, into a family that, uh, into a family of one of uh, Putin's generals or his military advisors. Okay, let's say you were born in, into that family. Yeah, that doesn't mean that that you're going to start the war. You have individual karma too. Yeah. And so you could decide, I don't want to have anything to do with this war. I don't want to have anything to do with killing. Yeah, and then you don't do it. And you may do that because of a very strong determination in your own mind from seeing the disadvantages of acting out of afflictions. Or And then, and then our precepts help us sustain that motivation. Yeah, because we make a strong decision. We take a precept in the front of, in the presence of the Buddha, like Buddha Bear did. And then when you're in a situation, like if you're born as a child of uh, uh, Lavrov, you know, his um, defense minister, it's so, it would be so easy for you to climb the ladder into, uh, into power and wealth in that regime. But, you know, through how you've practiced in previous lives, you say, even I was born here, I don't want any part of this. Yeah. And so you you abstain from getting involved. And the precepts really help with that. 
Okay. Yeah. What's coming to mind is um, had a, a couple of friends when their when their whole family were meat eaters, but when they were really little, they said, "I don't want to hurt anything. I don't want to eat meat. I don't want to eat these other animals and have them die for me." So right. we're listening these tiny little kids, but from their training previously, they come in, and then I think in one instance, the mother and the brother went vegetarian as well, and um, I'm not sure about the other case, but the influence that they they came in with that really strongly. It kind of like, how does a child this old even really um, understand fully that, but they do, mm-hmm. um, and then the impact that they have, and yeah. Yeah. So that's a lot of what we're doing in this life, is putting those virtuous imprints in our mind so that even when we're quite young in future life, you know, we'll be able to meet the Dharma, we'll be attracted to the Dharma, yeah, we'll be interested in it, and we'll have those kind of tendencies. Anything else? Any other questions? No? Okay. Then... We will continue. Okay. So last time we were talking about how the 12 links can be divided into three, uh, into three groups of the afflictions, karma, and results. Okay. And so here you can see very clearly in, in the 12 links how it's the afflictions, the links of afflictions that create the links of karma. Ignorance, create the first link, ignorance, creates the second link, formative action, which is karma. Okay? The links eight and nine of craving and clinging create the link ten of renewed existence, which is that karma when it was is just about to bring the next life, okay? So there it's very clear that afflictions create the karma, and then when the karma ripens, that brings the resultant links. Okay. And why a samsara keeps going round and around is that it doesn't just stop with karma bringing the resultant links. Once you have the result... Yeah, you still have, you have the five aggregates that are still samsaric aggregates. Yeah, and they're polluted by ignorance. So while you're experiencing the result of some previous karmic uh, set of karmic links, you're actively creating the beginning links of a whole bunch of other uh, sets of 12 links. Okay, so this this is where you really see how, yeah, how we get trapped, how we stay on the merry-go-round, you know, because here we are, we have a, a human body, human mind, okay, our body gets hurt, what happens to our mind? Anger, clinging to the body, wanting revenge. Okay, or whatever goes on in our mind, those are some probable ones, I think. And so when those kind of mental factors arise in the, 
in the mind, they arise under the influence of ignorance, they create more karma, and those seeds are planted on the third link of of consciousness. And then when they are watered by craving and clinging, they the karma ripens, that's link 10, and then you get earth, aging, sickness, and death, and, you know, the, um, the sense sources and name and form and all of that together. Okay? So it's like, it, it's a pretty sticky system, you know? It's not like you, uh, you know, sometimes you, you, go in a supermarket and you say, oh, uh, this isn't the supermarket I wanted to go to. And you leave and you can leave very easily. Yeah, you made a mistake and went into the wrong market and you want to leave and you turn around and go. And it's done. Samsara isn't like that. You know, you create the cause, you get born in another life. You can't just say, oh, well, I'm tired of this, goodbye, I'm going to nirvana instead. Yeah, why? Because the mind is still overwhelmed by ignorance, anger, and attachment, specifically ignorance. That's the root problem. Okay. And then, so that was from last week. And then another thing we started from last week yeah, I'll back up to the the um, the previous paragraph that that we read last week. The links may be divided into projecting causes and effects and actualizing causes and effects. So pro- projecting causes are links one, two, and three a, ignorance, formative actions, and causal consciousness. So they're called projecting causes, okay, because they're, mo- they're mostly the afflictions and karma, and they project the next life. Sometimes they're called propelling causes. They propel the person into the next life. And then projected effects are links 3B through 7, So resultant consciousness, name and form, six sources, contact and feeling. And those are the projected effects of the projected, projecting causes. Okay? But that's not the end of the story. Then we have the actualizing causes which are links 10 through uh, 8 through 10. So again, 8 and 9 are afflictions. 10 is karma. So they're actualizing. And the reason 8, 9, and 10 are called actualizing is because they depend on the first the link 1 and 2, which were the initial ones that do the projecting, but it isn't sufficient just to project. Something has to be actualized. So it needs these other conditions that make that karma ripen. And so eight and nine make the karma ripen. Ten is that karma, that ripened karma when it's just about ready 
to produce the result. Okay, so it's what, that's why it's called actualizing causes and then actualized results. Okay, so actualized results, the outcome of the whole thing. Okay, birth, aging, sickness, and death. Okay, so actualizing uh, causes are links uh, 8 through 10, craving, clinging, and renewed existence. And actualized effects are links 11 and 12, birth, and aging or death. Okay, uh, the question came up again, why aging or death? Because some beings, the consciousness goes into the, the fertilized egg and in the next moment it leaves, it dies. Okay, so it didn't have a chance to age, you know, and become different in the next moment. It just died immediately. So most sentient beings have aging and death, but it could be aging. It could be, no, yeah, it could be birth and death and without the aging part. Okay. Okay, so now we're going to go through different presentations of the 12 links. And this can initially be a little confusing. Um, we might want to, uh, as we go through them, make diagrams of how it works. And what's interesting in this is there isn't really one presentation, at least that I can't remember right now, where you go from 1 to 12 in one set of, of 12 links, and it all, all of those 12 links happen in one life. Because okay. all this, the different presentations we're going to see, some of them it takes two lives for one set of 12 links to, to go through all 12. In some of them, it's, uh, you have, uh, uh, some links from one set of 12 links and some links from another set of 12 links. And that's what the explanation is. Okay, so that's where it gets confusing because we want it, we heard it, one, two, three, you know, all the way up to 12, and we expect the explanation to go one, two, three, and then that's where you have one life and all 12 are experienced in one life. And it's not like that. Okay, so then the question arises, why did they put all 12 in that order as one set. Okay. So that is your Zen koan to ponder. <laughs> okay. It's a really good question. Why was it organized this way? Yeah. So it's something, you know, as you study the different presentations, um, you know, th think about this. Okay, so according to the explicit teaching in the Rice, seedings, Rice, Rice Seedlings Sutra, okay, so Geshe uh, Yeshi Topke, you know, wrote a book about the Rice Seedlings Sutra. It's, it's very nice. It's, it's packed full of stuff. 
really impactful. Okay, so according to that explicit teaching, the projecting causes and effects and actualizing causes and effects occur over three lifetimes. Okay, so three different lifetimes. So let's call our present life, life B. Okay, in a preceding life, we'll call that A, because it came before B. The projecting causes, ignorance, formative action, and causal consciousness created by the potency on the causal consciousness created by the created, I'm sorry, those three created the potency on the consciousness that projected a new birth called life B. So those three, you know, one, two, three. Next time, maybe somebody can bring a, a flip chart in and we can write it. So those three, yeah, were the projecting causes. Then in the present life, life B, you have the projected results. Result in consciousness, name and form, six sources, contact and feeling. In other words, links three, three B through seven. At the time of dying in life B, the present life, the actualizing causes, craving, clinging, and renewed existence, actualize the potency of another karmic seed on the mind. Okay, so this other karmic seed is from another set. Yeah, and so are the the craving and clinging. Yeah, so those three actualize the potence of another karmic seed on the mind, and then this results in life C, the actualized effects of our future life, birth, aging, and death. So there is a thing where we have three lifetimes. And we also have links from two different sets of 12 links, covering three lifetimes. Okay, so there's a little chart on the top. Yeah. And so, you know, like projecting causes, they occur in life A, the previous life, and they produce life B. The projected effects our life be, okay, the actualizing causes occur in life B, but they relate, they produce life C, and the actualized uh, effects are all life C. Okay? So in the explicit um, presentation, the links from two different sets of 12 links are presented together. That is, two distinct sets of causality of two different lives are intertwined with links one through seven describing the evolution of life B and links eight through 12 pertaining to the evolution of life C. So one through seven are the talk about the cause of life B and the result of life B, and then eight through twelve t- 
talk about the cause of life C and the result of life C. But remember, the cause of life C doesn't incur during life C. It's the cause. It occurs during life B. And similarly, the cause of life B doesn't occur during life B. It occurs during life A. Causes always come before effects. They never come at the same time as the effects, and they never come later than the effects. I don't care how many sci-fi movies you have watched. It doesn't happen like that. Okay? (laughs) For the production of life B, only links 1 to 3A are explicitly presented for and for the production of life C, only links 8 through 10 are explicitly presented. Okay? So these ex- the explicit ones are the, co- the projecting causes and the actualizing causes. Yeah? In actuality, both lives B and C have three projecting causes and three actualizing causes. Yeah. So if we were to extrap- take it out of this particular format, yeah, life B um, that would have three projecting causes and three actualizing causes, and so would life C. Yeah. But they would have the projecting and actualizing effects or causes. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, I said that all wrong. In actuality, both lives B and C have three projecting causes and three actualizing causes. And life uh, C has three projecting causes and three actualizing causes. Uh, actualizing, yeah, three actualizing causes. Okay, so those are the causes that are explicitly mentioned in what we just covered. Similarly, uh, only some of the re- resultant links for life B are explicitly mentioned in what we did, and those are links 3 and 3B and 7. And only some of the resultant links for life C are explicit, links 11 and 12. So here, too, the other resultant links are to be inferred for each life. Okay, so in life B, the resultant links, yeah, uh, are mentioned only 7B through 7, uh, 3B through 7, but 11 and 12 are inferred yeah, because they happen during that. And so same thing for uh, life C. Yeah. Okay. So the point here is that all the... Um, you know, one way of looking at it is you can have all the ca- the the links that are causes and karma. They could all have. They all. They each life has. <laughs> each life actually has all ten, all twelve links, but they don't come from the same set of 12 links. 
Okay. And so when they're mentioned here like this, if they mention the, the, um, the effects, the projecting effects or projected effects, yeah, that doesn't mean that the, uh, actualized effects that life, that that life doesn't have any actualized effects because, uh, all the effects, whether they're three, three B through seven or 11 and 12, those happen, the, those overlap and they all happen in the same life. Okay. But the, the two, the, the, uh, projecting causes and the actualizing causes don't have to always uh, be in the same life. Okay, so an, here's an example. So an American man named John, okay, so he's life A. He creates the projecting causes, links 1 through uh, 3A, to be born as an Italian woman, Maria. Okay, so John is life A, okay, and in her life as Maria, that's life B, she experiences the projected effects of that karma. And that, that karma are links 3B through 7. As Maria is dying, the actualizing causes, um, links 8 through 10, from another set of 12 links, yeah, they, you know, they come into play and they, ca- they are cause uh, the karma that she created to be born as a deva named uh, Rooney uh, to ripen. Okay, so John becomes Maria. Maria, you know, the actualizing uh causes uh, ripen, um, act, and they, they produce the actualizing effects, which is the aggregates of the deva named uh, Rooney, which is life C. So Rooney is born and experiences their actualizing effects, uh, links 11 and 12. So one set of 12 links concerns uh, the life as Maria, the other set has to do with rebirth as as Rooney. So those are the two sets of 12 links that explicitly took seven links out from one set and five links out from the other set to make this explicit presentation. Yeah. Okay. So similarly, uh, wait a minute. Yeah, so even though only links one through seven are explicitly mentioned for Maria's life, links eight to 12 in that set of 12 links is implied. Similarly, although only the actualizing causes and effects are mentioned for the the set of 12 links of Rooney's life. It's another set. The others are also implied. So the Buddha explained the 12 links in this way to emphasize 
that the process of rebirth is continuous. Okay, this is what we were saying before. While experiencing the effects of one life, the causes for another life are being created. This presentation also emphasizes the unique functions of projecting causes and actualizing causes. So projecting causes means that those uh, projecting causes are suitable to bring dukkha after the actualizing causes come together and nourish them. Okay, so the actualizing causes are like, well, the, the, the initial, the projecting causes are like planting the seed. The actualizing causes are like putting the water in fertilizer. Okay. So actualizing um, means that those actualizing causes make the potency of the karmic seed powerful enough to bring the result immediately. Yeah. If you if you don't have the actualizing causes, yeah, that are going to pertain to that life, then uh you know, putting put it this way, the actualized causes have to be in the same um, set of twelve links as the as the projecting causes, but they don't have to occur in the same lifetime. Okay, because you could create the projecting causes in one lifetime, but then the uh, Craving, clinging to that, make that karma ripen doesn't happen until the next lifetime or maybe 5,000 lifetimes in the future. Okay. Okay. So, in addition to the explicit presentation, Asanga sets forth implicit presentations. In these, the order in which the four groups, projecting causes, projected effects, actualizing causes, and actualized effects occur, yeah, the order in which they occur, is not necessarily the order in which the 12 links are listed. Okay? See, the previous one, we had projected causes, projected effects, actualizing causes, actualized effects from two different sets. In this other way, it's going to be different. There's going to be another mix and match. Okay. So in the first implicit presentation, the cause of the new life B is begun in the previous life A. So Maria came into, the cause of Maria started when John's life. With the projecting, and uh, they started with the projecting causes, ignorance, um, yeah, in other words, ignorance prompted the creation of formative karma that has the power to bring rebirth, okay, the power to bring rebirth as Maria, and that karmic seed was laid upon the causal consciousness. At the time of death of life A, the actualizing causes of craving and clinging nourish that seed and it transformed into renewed existence. 
Okay. In the very next life, so this this is the first implicit presentation. Okay. In the very next life, all of the results result in consciousness, name and form, six sources, contact, feeling, birth, and aging and death are all experienced. Okay. So here, what you have is uh, the, the, the 12 links in one set occurring over two rebirths. Okay. So if you look at the chart below, or, or let's make example of our life, okay? If our life right now is life B, life A, our let's say our previous life, and it could be the, yeah, the previous life right before this, or it could be, yeah, yeah, here it would be the previous life just before this. Yeah. So, um, okay. So we had ignorance, formative action, and causal consciousness. That was from our previous life. Yeah. At the time of death from the previous life, yeah, craving, clinging, and renewed existence from that set of the same set of 12 links as the causal ones, those three ripen that karma. And then we were born in life B, and all the effects, projected effects and actualized effects, ripened all in life B. Okay? Different presentation, different way of organizing it. Okay. So that's the first implicit presentation by a Sangha. Okay. The second implicit presentation. Okay. In the second implicit presentation, the projecting causes created in life A ripen as life C. Okay. With life B occurring just prior to life C. So any amount of, of time may uh, pass one lifetime or eons of lifetimes before life A and life C. Okay. So at the end of one of those lives, you know, of those however many are between A and C, craving, clinging, and renewed existence occur and the karmic seed infused on the consciousness long ago in life A yeah, is about to bring a new birth. And the projected effects and actualized effects occur together in the very next life, life C. Okay, so let's make an example. Okay, so 15 million eons ago, yeah, in your life, you uh, you kept very good ethical conduct and created the cause to have a precious human life. Okay, so that's projecting causes one through three A. That was created in life A, fifteen million eons ago. Then a long time passes, 
and the life just before this one. Okay. The 15 million eons minus one. Yeah. Uh, that in that life, the immediately preceding life to this one, then we have craving, clinging, and renewed existence. And they ripen those causes. And then this lifetime, we have all of the effect causes in whether the the projected uh, effects and actualized effects. The projected effects take part from the time the consciousness comes into existence, into an ovum or something. Mm -hmm. And all from 3B to 7 happens within that conception. Um. Yeah, I mean, it depends how it's described, but it, those those usually happen into the development of the womb. Okay. Yeah, but it, it can also go beyond, I mean, it goes beyond the womb, too. Okay, and yeah. then that uh, projecting causes 1 through 3A are the ones that we are basically starting every moment of our life, yeah. setting in motion another not, set. Not every moment. Unless it's a completed... Because it has to, to be, be a complete karma, karma with four. Four branches. With okay. four branches. So we're not created. It's not every single moment. Okay. Yeah. And the rest play out as a, uh, as a completing karma somewhere in another. The ones that don't have all four branches. Or yeah, they, they could be the completing karmas. Okay. Okay, so here's an example of what we, the one we just talked about. Okay, so the teaching on the 12 links of dependent origination is complex and requires a great deal of contemplation, as if you haven't noticed that yet. An example concerning the two implicit presentations will aid your understanding. So here's Pat, okay? She arrives home from work and sees that her kids left a mess in the kitchen. Okay, pretty typical American experience. Yeah. Tired from her job, she loses her temper and shouts at her kids. Of course she loves her kids, but she's exhausted. And she comes home and she sees this messy kitchen and she knows she's going to have to clean it up and then cook dinner for the kids afterwards. And she's just wiped out. So she loses her temper at the kids. So this is the beginning of a set of 12 links. It's 1 through 3A. After Pat sees the mess, Self-grasping ignorance, the view of the personal identity, arise in her mind, think one. This ignorance does not understand that the I is empty of inherent existence and instead grasps the I as inherently existent. In addition, self-grasping ignorance grasps her body and mind, her children, and the mess in the kitchen, the chore of cleaning it up, and her unhappiness, all of that, to exist inherently, too. So the situation is cast in concrete. Sound familiar? Yeah, concrete. Based on this, distorted attention, remember that one? We sometimes call it distorted conception. 
So the distorted attention that exaggerates the horribleness of the situation arises. Okay? So you're the, that mom, you get home, there's the mess, everything... Everything's inherently existent. And it is, you know, your mind makes it concrete how awful the situation is. Those kids, they don't respect you. They don't clean up. They, they think that you're a maid. And, you know, it's going to take you three hours to clean up that mess. And you're exhausted and you need to cook dinner. And you would really like to sit down and have a cup of tea and relax instead of running around taking care of everything. Okay, so she exaggerates the horribleness of the situation. Because actually, you know, if you look at the situation, okay, there's a mess in the kitchen. You clean it up. It's not going to take that long. Yeah. And your kids might help. You can ask them to help. And then you can just cook something quickly for dinner. It doesn't have to be a big production. And then you can you just say to the kids, you know, I'm really tired tonight. Can you, you know, change into your jammies and tuck yourself, you know, I'll kiss you goodnight and go tuck yourself in. So it doesn't have to be a big thing with getting angry and screaming at the kids, does it? It doesn't have to be a big thing, but it's the afflictions that make it into a big thing. So it's the same thing whenever we get irritated with somebody, you know, somebody did some something that we consider disrespecting us, and, you know, somebody is disrespecting me, that is totally awful. I can't stand it. I'm never going to talk to that person again. They will never respect me. I cannot be with anybody who doesn't respect me. I'm out of here. Get rid of these people. Okay. Right. Isn't it? When somebody disrespects us, I mean, it's a big deal. And like, okay. But if you look at it, is it really a big deal? Somebody said some words, those sound waves, you know. See, I got it right. Sound waves, not light waves. Sound waves come. They hit your ear. Something happens with all your brain, you know. That's part of the biological, neuronal stuff. Yeah. And also you're thinking about, you know, you look at that. And you have a big red button called people don't respect me. And so you interpret this one of, of uh, distorted attention. We interpret what that person said as totally disrespecting us. They think we're a jerk, an idiot, we're unqualified. They want to put us down. They intentionally humiliate us and disrespect us in front of other people. And this is a big issue for us. You know, we are the ones who concretize it. Okay? And then we get angry and upset and stomp away and, and so on. Okay? But somebody else, you know, sound waves come, hit the ear, and that person says, oh, you know, 
uh, you know, this person is stressed or this person is upset. And they said those things. And they happen to say things that I'm really sensitive about. Yeah. And I know the things I'm sensitive about. And I, I blew this up, which causes me a lot of pain. My afflictions took over. So I'm going to like chill out. And, you know, in other words, it doesn't have to be like this. Okay. But this is when we grasp things as inherently existent. This is what, is what happens. Okay. So, based on this distor- uh, distorted attention that exaggerates the horribleness of the situation arises. You know, it's only a problem of this life, but all of a sudden it becomes a worldwide catastrophe. You know, and it is more severe than Putin threatening to use nuclear bombs. Why? Because it's happening to me. (laughs) If it happened, you know, I'm sure, you know, I mean, people feeling insulted and put down, that happens to tons of people every day, doesn't it? Doesn't it? And we have three billion people. Don't you think that somebody else besides us feels humiliated and disrespected every day. It might be that all 7 billion have had that experience every day, or at least 6.5 billion, you know, have. So we see it's it's not like some earth-shattering thing, but it's the grasping it in here in existence that makes everything solid, and then we really, yeah. Okay, so this this is our life, isn't it? This is what we do all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this, that whole mechanism, exaggerating the horribleness of the situation, this is immediately followed by anger and the intention to speak harsh words. So we're talking about Pat here. Okay, ignorance that does not understand the functioning of karma and its effects is also present because she's tired and she does not consider either the long or short term effects of harsh words and does not apply the antidote to calm her mind. Okay, so harsh words fly out of her mouth, creating formative action linked to. Very common American situation. Yeah. And a seed of destructive karma is laid on her mind stream. And a having ceased of the action of harsh words is also created. Now that falls under link uh, 3A. Might come under part overlap a little bit with, with 2, but it, you know. It comes in there in these in the projecting causes. This completes the projecting causes. The children scrambled to clean the kitchen, and satisfied the shouting accomplished her purpose. Pat does not think to purify the paths of karma of malice and harsh words. Okay, so she screamed at the kids. The kids cleaned up the kitchen, and she's going. Good. I mean, she rejoices that she screamed at him because 
then they did something, and now she can make dinner and maybe sit down. Okay, so at the end of, of her life, as Pat is dying, okay, Pat becomes angry and upset because the people around her are arguing and creating commotion. Okay, so she's in the hospital, let's say, and uh, the doctors, uh, the, ner- the the doctors are quarreling. Well, not qu- they don't not supposed to quarrel. They are having a livid discussion with Pat's family because the doctors are saying, "Look, she's going to die," and the family is saying, "But you've got to do everything possible to keep her alive." And the doctor is trying to say, "Look, that's only going to cause her more distress." And it's not going to keep her alive more than five minutes longer. Okay. So, but this whole vibe and the words going back back forth in a pretty intense discussion, yeah, that triggers her, you know, her anger because she's reacting to that. Okay. So that mental state for her... Prompts craving and clinging, links eight and nine, to nourish the seed of destructive karma uh, that was created when uh, when she shouted at her children, uh, priming it to bring a new rebirth. Link ten. Okay, so these are the actualizing causes. Her consciousness is drawn to the body of a screech owl. Yeah, uh, out, you know, at the barn somewhere, and takes birth there, links 3b and 11. Aging or death, link 12, begins, as do the sequential links of name and form, six sources, contact, and feeling, links 4 to 7. These are the, uh, the projected and actualized results of that set of links. Although, like all sentient beings, Pat seeks only happiness, not suffering, owing to ignorance, she created the cause for suffering. Since links 8 to 10 occurred at the end of Pat's life, that set of 12 links was completed in two lives as in implicit presentation one. Okay, so we're we're gonna stop here. Uh, so remember this example because we're gonna start next. We we did the first example. Now we're gonna do the second implicit. Okay, uh, questions? Yes. Um, where, how are the three projecting and three actualizing causes stored until they come to fruition? The um, afflictions, yeah, one, two, uh, one, and eight and nine, uh, they're in the person's mind stream. They, they, uh, don't need to be stored anywhere. They are part of the mind stream. Okay. Remember, these things are not physical. So you don't need to 
put them in some physical place. Yeah, that's hard for us because we're used to thinking of things as physical. Because because the words we use, the example we use, it creates a seed. Well, seed is physical. It goes into the ground. So then we think the seed must, you know, go into the mind stream. So we think that they're all physical things, but they aren't. Okay. So the the seed, which is not a physical thing, is placed on the continuity of the mind. Yeah. And that continuity of mind goes from life, one life to the next. Yeah. Um, the, the three afflictions, they are mental factors in the mind. Yeah. When they're, uh, when they're manifest, then they're manifest afflictions. When they're not manifest, then they are in the latent form. Okay? Yeah. Are all living things sentient? Um, it depends how you define living. By everything that is alive biologically is not sentient. Okay? So, uh, you know, the trees are biologically alive, but they're not considered sentient beings. Anything else? Yeah. So for the implicit presentation, links 3B and 11 for the same set are happening at the same time. Yeah. For the explicit presentation where we were... The first one. Right, the very first one. So in that case, you know, we, we kind of talked about part of one set and part of the other set. So when you're yeah. talking about one set of links, that's always for one final life. So in a way, 3B and 11 of one set of links are always occurring at the same time. As yeah. You. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me think. In this, in the first one, okay, 3B and 11. Yeah, they're occurring at the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Pat has a screech owl, which he takes birth there, the 3B and 11. The aging or death link just the fact that the rebirth has started, that the links have not actualized yet, but they're in that, in a form, because she's not, if she's getting reborn at, with 3B and 11, aging or death begin as do the sequential links of name form. Right. Where aging and death is, is going to be projected onto a result later yeah. on, right? A, a, aging and death is what's going on during All the, the whole time. life. Okay, okay. That's going on to the, the moment after birth, aging and death starts. Okay. It finishes, you know, right when the consciousness leaves the body of that life. So it's during link 12 where we create all sorts of other sets, beginning parts of other sets of 12 links. Anything? Okay. Good. So, um, again, keep reading this. Make some examples. And then, uh, you know, if you want to draw some charts and bring in a, uh, a, char a chart holder. 
a whiteboard, a whiteboard holder. Okay. Uh, then, you know, we can draw it out to, you know, sometimes that makes it easier because we're getting different, uh, things, different styles. It's like somebody's, uh, giving you a, a recipe for, uh, uh, for banana bread, uh, and, and carrot cake and chocolate chip cookies all at the same time and saying, well, these three, and you just take the, uh, you know, the butter and flour here, uh, and then, you know, it can go into the, any of those three, or, and you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's a mix and match, and sometimes it can be difficult to, to keep it all straight. So we have to go over it. But it's interesting to think about in terms of our own lives and how the, the evolution of how our own lives happen. important purification is. <laughs> yeah. So really rejoice at what you did during retreat, all the purification, all the creation of merit. You know, this is all really important. <coughs> it's uh, planting, it's planting the seeds, destroying some other seeds. Yeah. So quite important here. Okay. Let's dedicate.